0: That song always reminds me of Places in the Heart. Do you guys remember that movie? Mm -hmm. That Sally Field movie? That was a really good movie. That song always reminds me of that. Anyway, moving on. Now that you've got that bit of information. The scripture this morning uh, comes from John, and um, John 3 1 through 17, and I'm actually going to extend it um, to include 8 through 21 as well. As I occasionally do, I changed my mind and decided to lengthen the scripture a little bit today. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of the Son of God. And this is the judgment that the light has come into the world and the people loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. The word of God for the people of God. the Gospel according to John received its name probably from its probable excuse me, author. Traditionally, it is attributed to the disciple John, son of Zebedee, also known throughout the Gospels as the beloved one. More modern scholars wonder if maybe it was actually a student of John's rather than John himself. The date of this Gospel hovers somewhere around year 90, Which is why the precise author isn't known. By year 90, John very well could have been still alive, but would have been pretty old. And the stories of Jesus took place in the 30s, so this was 60 years later. Year 90 also makes John, then, the youngest of the four Gospels. John's Gospel is more stylistic in language and spends more time painting a picture for the hearer and the reader. The synoptic Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, as their adjectives suggest, gives a synopsis of the life of Jesus a summary. The style of the synoptics is much more, first there's this, then there's this, then there's this. John's Gospel focuses on on the overall message of Christ, and often in order to drive that point home changes the order of some of the lessons of Jesus. John's Gospel brings us parallels and offers us the answer for all things that bring us fear or concern. It brings us the answer for all of the arguments anyone might have against someone else. And that answer is Jesus Christ. This Gospel brings us two pieces of writing about Jesus that are working in tandem with each other while at the same time in contention. One that is praiseworthy and one that is critical, both at the same time arguing the same topics. Opponents of Jesus use his pedigree against him. They know that he comes from Nazareth in Galilee, which is a very insignificant place. They know that his father is a peasant. He's never had a formal education. He deceives and violates the law. He died the death befitting a sinner. But those that knew him, those that believed in him, knew that his geography was much more than Nazareth. It was was God's heaven, God's world, he was the son of the heavenly father. His education came from God's instruction on what to say and what to do. His actions were virtuous, acting in obedience, courage, and justice. And he died a noble death. We see this back and forth contention and opinion of Jesus through the people he encounters on his journey. And it brings to light the journey of someone else who lives in contention in this gospel of whether Jesus was a sinner or a saint. As for this pericope specifically, it's a fairly heavy one. There's a lot going on here. It holds one of the most well-known verses, perhaps even the most well-known verse in all of Christendom. But as with all scripture, it is not about what one or two verses say. It is what the whole context of the story says. John 3.16 is a verse that anyone off the street can probably recite, or at least say they've heard of it. It is certainly a verse that helps give a glimpse into the good news of Jesus Christ, but when we read it in the full context of the passage, it gains so much more power than it is simply plucked and lifted out. This story brings us a character that John will bring up again and again throughout the ministry of Jesus. Nicodemus was a Pharisee, a leader of the Jews. In John's gospel, is understood that when we read the Jews, the author is talking about the Pharisees. He is quite the story arc throughout the gospel of John. Nicodemus is a seeker. Someone who is on the edge of this new Jesus movement. Lots of times when we hear Pharisee, we start to think automatically of the enemy of Jesus. And although many of them certainly were not fans of his, many of the early Christian leaders were Pharisees that came to the other side, as it were. Because he was on the edge and wasn't quite sure of how he felt about Jesus, He came at night the first time under cover of darkness when others wouldn't see him coming to speak to Jesus. Over the last several weeks, we've talked a lot about light and dark. Time and time again, Jesus points out the need for light to push out the dark, that those who believe come into the light. Jesus tells Nicodemus to be born from above by water and the Spirit. In Italian, the the word that they use to give birth is Dera alla luce, which literally means to give to the light. And through the water of baptism and the Spirit of God, we have a new birth in the light of Jesus Christ. Now, the only birth that I have ever been present for is my own, I'm told it was a smooth transition, very serene with birds and woodland creatures whistling and singing. But I realize that isn't the case for a lot of people. For the rest of you, birth is messy. It is painful. And it takes a long time. It can take a long time. Even when we have been born again through the Spirit, our tra- often our transition into that life, into the light of Jesus Christ, we find that we are still faced with something that is messy, that is painful, that can take a long time. When we come into the light, we begin to heal. And as we've talked about before, healing can be painful, but necessary. Necessary in order to become what God wishes us to become. We are well into our season of Lent, in which each of us is charged with looking inward and coming to terms with our own mortality and our own shortcomings. It is a time when we can decide if we see Jesus as a, quote, sinner or saint. It is a time when we can continue to be seekers and come out of the darkness toward the light of Jesus Christ. Jesus gives us a little frustration in this passage. It isn't anger. It isn't condemnation. It's simply a little frustration. As a leader of the Jews, Nicodemus has the answers that he seeks right in his teachings and information. It's sitting right there. He knows the truth. Often when we are faced with a decision or faced with new information, we overthink it. We cannot see, as it were, the forest for the trees. When we read scripture in its full form and when we listen to the spirit of God in our lives, we can begin to finally recognize that we already have what it takes to do everything we need to do. through our lessons in scripture, through sermons, through classes, we know that what we seek is a stronger relationship with God and eternal life. We do not need to look far for that relationship or that eternal life. And through all of these lessons and discernment, we start to see that what we do not have to wait for is the eternal life. We do not, wait to, we do not need to wait to be in the kingdom of heaven—because we are already living in it. When we live a life with Christ, we are living into our eternal promise. When we enter into the light of Christ, we strengthen ourselves in relationship with God and with others. When we turn away from the darkness, all that we fear is left behind in the shadows where it can no longer harm us. Through Jesus Christ, we have been reborn, given to the light. Nicodemus came to Jesus under cover of darkness to avoid being seen, to avoid harassment from the other Jews. Many seekers of Christ start out that way, coming around slowly not wanting to attract ridicule from their friends or their family. But as Nicodemus began to understand more of what Christ was saying, and as he continued his journey, he became one of Christ's greatest followers. We see Nicodemus again throughout John. Nicodemus defends Jesus in the square when all the Jews are railing against him. It is Nicodemus who lends the disciples the tomb in which Jesus is buried on Good Friday. As in all education, our personal journey in Christ will always continue. But the more we learn from him and the more we discern his call in our lives, the more we leave the shadows of our earthly birth and come into the light of Christ. Amen.